This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Coming off a big weekend. Got a little golf in. (laughs) I was going to say for you. I got a little college football in. Damn. Got a Leaf win in Saturday night. That was nice. I had a part of that. It would be really nice. Uh, my kids are young, Kipper. My kids, my, my kids are what six and two. Uh, I can't wait. I love my kids, and I'm looking forward to the whole experience. But where you're at sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. They're they're out of the house. <laughs> yeah, sounds pretty and good. it's awesome, and get to visit them and stroke checks still. Yeah, but I think that part sounds less awesome. Got a chance to spend time with my daughter. Uh, South of the border at school, and uh, it was a fantastic. I've never been to a, I've never experienced a, a college game. My wife's from Florida, got in an inter squad game at yeah. the University of Florida once. Oh, yeah. And there was like 70,000 people to <laughs> yeah. watch the, an inter squad game. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to take in a real game, uh, top 10 team in Clemson, yeah. uh, really cool. How the vibe was good? The vibe was did unbelievable. You tailgate? Yes. Oh, yes, you it's a must. I, I walked out of the hotel room. I was the only one not wearing, like, orange, Clemson Tiger orange. I'm like, here's my credit card. Yeah, just make me orange, Put, put anything, put <laughs> anything in the bag. Guy. Just give me anything orange. <laughs> put it in the bag. <laughs> because I'm, like, looking like a guy from another planet right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's so... Um, organized Mm -hmm. there's over eighty thousand people right and every car set up every big screen is on the back of a truck um and everybody's so nice friendly warm it's just a an event that uh i've Mm -hmm. I've rarely ever experienced and uh, you know hockey doesn't do it and traditionally you know even when i was a young kid going to an argo game that wasn't in the equation yeah, I've done it a few times. I lived in Boise, and I went, you know, I got the blue field there, and I t- got the tailgate there. The the ones I've been at, though, it is shocking how organized they are. It's like people have the stuff just for those eight days a year, if it's an NFL fan or whatever, you know, eight home games. <laughs> and they got as you know, truck-mounted yes. TVs that come up, and it's a whole different experience. 41 hockey games in the winter. Can't quite do it. How about those Argos, boys? You mentioned the Argos there. Yes, Great I Cup did. Great Cup champions. I watched. Did was, you, you watched? Oh, yeah, buddy. I watched every second. I love the Argos. Congrats. Nobody could the... kick a field goal at the very end. <laughs> no, honestly, I know people make fun of the league, and I, you know, I understand it, but I'm a fan of the league, and it was quite an exciting game. I would say it was an electric Great Cup from, from start to finish. So I'm very happy for the Toronto Argonauts and their fans today because it was great. Okay, let me be the ignorant guy here. Yes. Yeah. So is it great in the way that, like, so people love junior hockey because there's more mistakes. There's mm. breakdowns. There's exciting plays are open up. They score. It's 8-7. Is that similar to why CFL would be more exciting Honestly, than the NFL or no? I was watching it last night, and I was flicking back and forth with the NFL game on um, on commercials. Yeah. And it's it's just a different it's a different sport. Like, it really is different. The two downs make giant it so much. It's two, a yeah. giant field. Yeah, maybe two less downs. mistakes because you don't have a down to I waste. Guess, there's yeah, no, it's, there's so much pressure on first down because if you don't get <laughs> if you don't get two or three yards nope, or four yards on first down, it's like, well, we got anyway. to we we get this right now. It's just so much more frantic. The Grey Cup was great. The halftime show, eh, a little bit. 
not who, who great. Was it? I was a bunch of country guys never heard of, but yeah. it was not great. But I, I really enjoyed the game, and I'm really happy for the Argos. And way to go, Argos. Way, way to go, go. Toronto. It's Winnipeg's awesome. Winnipeg's attempt at, at a field goal uh, at the very end, that thing was snapped left. Oh, he, it was way. not even going close. No, it's not even close. It didn't even have to be blocked. But here's the thing. They, okay, avoided, well, they avoided the potential rouge, which would have tied the game. So it's very good that, that they didn't do it. Ah, see? That's all they had to do was send in an overtime with a punt, right? Uh, yeah, but no, it has to go out of the back of the end zone or they can't get but it they, out of the end zone. But it was a 47-yarder. They would have, yeah. yeah. They would have they punted right through the end zone. So, anyways, it's, it's an incredible <laughs> Stay sport. Stay tuned for more Argonauts <laughs> well, analysis. <laughs> so, wait, Listen, how many points is that and now it's poor, uh, Anyways, I won't yeah. get into the ins and outs of a rouge with you. I but d- now, it's, comprehend. It, it's not like things are slowing down to start our week uh, here in the Real Kipper and Bourne Show because, uh, you know, before we get into the, the Leafs uh, 5-2 win Saturday night over the Sabres, uh, the three of us are going to the game tonight. Oh, oh Real God. Kipper and Bourne Show on the road yes. tonight. Holy, I'm yes. excited. To win a chance to, to go with us, uh, buy a ticket and sit near <laughs> us. <laughs> Actually, you know, a, a buddy of mine's uh, putting this thing together for us. Oh, putting this thing together? So, what do you mean? Well, I mean... What I'm really trying to tell you is, like Ryan Reynolds, I had to go out and find us a sugar daddy. (laughs) That's what I'm telling you. Someone to back this operation? Oh, 100%. Uh, You think I'm dropping a Gino on you guys tonight? (laughs) Are you nuts? We got ourselves a sugar daddy. This isn't on Sportsnet's time or what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Didn't need to drag them into this. We'll have a lot of fun. Uh, Uh, And you're going to still do post? Yeah, I'm going to zip out uh, before the third period. So be back to talk with Bunk about the match. All right. (laughs) On the show today, in about uh, 40 minutes, Stelectricity will be back to uh, give us his thoughts on on this weekend. Matt Murray, the Leafs' defensive play. We're going to hear from uh, Sheldon very shortly on a few uh, Kipper Clippers here on what he saw Saturday night, uh, but great to have Gord Stellick on board. And then Butch Goring, four-time Stanley Cup winner, L.A. King, Boston Bruin, and now MSG Network broadcaster will help us tee up uh, your J.B. Islanders. And I won't I, wear an, uh, an Islanders jersey tonight, I, I promise. I, I haven't got a clue. Um, we'll wrap up uh, what we saw on the weekend, but uh, I don't have a clue on what to think of the islanders right now no one really does <laughs> you know they they score a lot despite not having a ton of scores but matt bardell barzal hasn't scored they give up shots but they got a great goalie it's gonna be fun good game all right five two on a saturday night uh wasn't a gorgeous win from start to finish uh but enough boys to get the job done and, and continue this little role of Producing points and distancing yourselves uh, a little bit from middle of the pack in the uh, Eastern Conference, the Atlantic Division. Kiefer loved it. Hey, this is one that Sheldon Keith. By the way, today, two things um, before I go into this. Today is Sam's 10-year anniversary at Sportsnet. His first well, year ago was... At Rogers. Yeah. Or at Rogers. Yeah. 10 years ago today. This is a little... But yeah, I've been before the celebration. Few years ago, I was like 21 years, so you know <laughs> I'm bad. not overly impressed. Ten, ten's not bad, and, and in those 21 years, not one person ever, ever came up to me and say, "Hey, congratulations on your anniversary." <laughs> yeah, I was saying, not did, one. Did they get you not something one. for that? Or and, then, like, yeah. and then I was watching as I was here <laughs> over 20 years. People coming in and say, "Hey, look what they they gave me a plaque for my five years, <laughs> my seven years, my 10 years," and I'm like, "You know how they they, they paid tribute to you with." Cash. <laughs> um, With money. Listen, if I had a 
<laughs> if I had to take my paycheck or that plaque, buddy, uh, you keep the plaque. <laughs> <laughs> the no. other thing with that, Sammy, is today is the three-year anniversary of Sheldon Keefe with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. Isn't that tidy for us? A little wrap, put a little really? bow on things. Three years today was his first game in Arizona. They won three to one. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, I actually, I read the article going back there today, three years ago. Sheldon Keefe, the opening quotes are from Tyson Berry about being put on the top pair with Morgan Riley and playing 21 minutes and how they're free now. And it's oh going to be gravy my. for everyone and freedom. Does yeah. it feel like three years of Sheldon already? It's been weird years, so it's tough, right? I mean, the bubble, the, it, so much has happened that, yeah, it does. It feels like he's been here longer. It does. I would say it, and feels, it feels longer. Like, like Babcock's been gone for like 100 years now. I know. He was like pre-Carlisle or Wilson or something. It feels forever ago. Uh, but I was launching into a thing about how uh, he loved the game. Sheldon Keefe loved their performance on Saturday night. Do you want to hear from him? And yes, we'll use I use that do. as a kickoff. I do. Let's hear Keefe on, on the Sabres win. I thought that, first of all, we were able to continue continue on with the strong defensive play that we've been talking about here. I mean, we, we had to tighten some things up when we went, went into Pittsburgh, you know, and the guys did that extremely well. Had to do that against New Jersey. I thought we did that extremely well. Uh, and then here again tonight, we were able to just kind of keep that going and talked about you know, sort of waiting for opportunities to come and felt that they would come whether that was at five-on-five five or on special teams, and to see our power play come through like it did. And then our guys just remain committed through it. Obviously, we took too many penalties tonight, <clears throat> which gave them too many opportunities, but uh, I thought defensively, I, I thought we were exceptional tonight. And, and, you know, we, you know, between how we defended and then how Matt Marie played in goal, we, we were a tough team to beat tonight. Ooh, he liked it, eh? Okay. Exceptional. It's Buffalo. First of all, it's Buffalo. They're coming up. <laughs> what were they, seven or eight games? Yeah, I think they're on an eight-game losing okay. streak now. Now they're on an eight-game, yep. My Sabres look um, bad. I don't know. Is he trying to <laughs> oversell it still? We kind of called him out a little bit on that 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 switch where I think maybe he was going down that path of just being a little too negative or a little mm-hmm. bit too hard on the guys. And he's been pretty consistent with the glass very, very half full. <laughs> it's overflowing. So <laughs> full. It's, can, can you leak yeah, halfway yeah, up a glass? Somehow. Yeah, I mean, there could be something to that about him trying to convince the players, you know, for confidence purposes, trying to, you know, not be negative and try to, you know, give them their flowers when it's time to. So... Uh, he liked it. I, you know, they took care of business to me on Saturday night. They're a better team than the Sabres. They yes. played better. You know, they, I, you know, didn't, I guess not a whole lot of that game was outside of expectations for me. It kind of went how it's supposed to go to the game script. Although the one thing I would say uh, that wasn't game script are two things. Matt Murray being this good and Marner and Matthews ending up back together. Uh, thoughts on either of those, either of those catch your eye? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, Reuniting Matthews and Marner so quickly. I, I want to I, I want to play Sheldon's thoughts on it, mm-hmm. and then uh, I want to react to it after we hear from Sheldon on Matthews and Marner back together. Yeah, I just didn't like the way it was going defensively for us. I, I, like, I mean, that, that Thompson line, and I had it in my mind going in that that line would be a lot to handle. But early on, 
we were making some mistakes that were really allowing that group to really get going offensively early in the game. Uh, they were really controlling things, and, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to make that switch. You know, Mitch, defensively, what he brings to, to our group uh, with a matchup that, that challenging, I thought it was important to put those guys together. Uh, that way you forget, you know, while, while we're all talking about the offense and all these kind of things, you, you forget that Matthews and Marner are two, two of the best defensive players in the league. And when they're committed to defending and being hard to play against, uh, it's, it's tough on the opposition. So I thought those guys did a nice job. And at the same time, I thought, or I knew at least, that the Tavares line was going to get a, a pretty good matchup, um, the way that things were flowing. And I thought that that could benefit Willie that way too. See, that's the part on his original uh, first comment where, okay, if you don't like what you see and you got to make a major change to your number one line, mm-hmm. it's not as exceptional as you just mentioned. Fair. Yeah, yeah, if you're uh, turning things on, over. On a, on, a, on a struggling, bottom-feeding team. Mm-hmm. The thing that uh, I took away is similar to yours, which is the, the priority and mindset seems to be this defensive play. Like, he's not separating them to get offense together to get guys going he's countering the buffalo sabers and reacting to their top line and how we need to play to for against them and just a note they are split back up again tonight going into they're back to matthews and nylander so they're split back into tonight so did you so the first shift that matthews had against tage thompson yeah he schooled him he bodied him like it was like it was i'd never seen anyone do that Really do that to Matthews. It's like he spun like out of, like a car out of control. Yeah, the, the way that he made Matthews go off of off balance was like unlike I'd seen anything, and I think that was probably the early warning sign to Keith being like, "Oh crap, he's going to need some help tonight against that against Tage," and that's why well, he went to Marner. And like you know, we ended last week's show. Somebody asked us who are the the two weakest forwards on the on defense mm-hmm. uh, back in your own zone, and like there there's your switch. It wasn't necessarily Tage or, or Austin losing out just to Tage. It's also the fact that you still have a guy like Nylander who... When he's gone, he's gone, right? Yeah, when he's gone, he's gone. But, you know, he's notoriously known for cheating, mm-hmm. blowing the zone, and not playing and thinking defense. Right. And that's when, that's when Sheldon goes, all right. I don't like this matchup. I don't like the feel I'm getting off of Tage Thompson against Austin. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to back him up now with with Mitch, my most reliable mm-hmm. uh, star player who comes back 200 feet, yeah. not Willie. Willie, yeah. you're out. Yeah, but I and it, I get the logic. I just don't know that it makes great sense. You know, in reading and in, in hearing about the you know trying to deal with this Tage Thompson line. You know, so they were putting Matthews in his own zone with Willie, and they can't handle it defensively. Like, you know, like Matthews is supposed to be, he got Selkie trophy votes last year, and Keith even calls him one of the best defensive forwards in the league, him and, yeah. and Marner. You know, why do they have to be together? One of them's not enough? I don't know. But I guess it wasn't there for them that night. I did think Matthews well, took the challenge on after that, but. I just, I just find it interesting now to hear Sheldon lead his post game and, like, it's all about defense. Mm-hmm. It's all about... Totally think the same right? thing as you and on that. I, I, it's, it's a little over it, the top. It never used to be like it that. It never used to be that. But it's as, though, as, as if, you know, Sheldon really believes that, like, if I can get this team where I need it to be defensively, then the offense should take care of itself. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet, by the way. No. You've got but, a, a team that relies on the power play. Yeah. 
one of the are they not one of the worst teams in the league five on five are they the bottom uh, third of the league five the, on the five least, i don't think so i you, you know i'm not sure exactly offensively do you mean or yeah just offensively like, five on oh, five yeah, yeah yeah it's there for sure so for sure. so the offense isn't there yeah and he's mentioned on a couple occasions that the offense will look after itself i gotta make sure this team's mm-hmm. tight defensively and now you know there's times when he's a little over the top and acts like he just gave birth to the best defensive team in he's NHL become, history. What, what is it? Uh, you know, like <laughs> something about living long enough to become the villain, but living long enough to become Babcock but, is the case of coaching this Leafs but team. But he, this is where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, know. I don't know whether it's when it's all said and done, I got them to play defense. And if they don't score, that's on them. That's yeah. their you know, that's yeah. their issues. I can't help you put the puck in the net. You're supposed to be a natural uh, goal scorer. Yep. And But I, nope. I looked after, as a coach, I looked after the thing that was most important, keeping the puck out of the net. And you guys, you know, you guys let us down. I do believe. Go ahead, Sammy. Well, no, I was just going to say that. It's amazing how much the narrative on Keefe and that, the way this team plays has completely flipped year over year. Yeah. Like, it's the whole thing when they fired Babcock, like we mentioned, three-year anniversary of his first game was, like, Tyson Berry. Open it up. Let's open it up. And now they're just the defensive team. I'm watching for close to 20 games now. The Leafs have dummied this this thing right down. Remember, it was puck possession. It was regrouping. It was just that high octane. Mm. Go. Don't let go of the puck. And now, chip and chase. Yeah, no, a I, lot of it, and, for and sure. the only ones that do are are probably Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. Everybody else is on a chip, chip, <laughs> chip and chase basis. You know, when we talked about toughness in the past, you've used me, refer, you've heard me reference the expression that I like: uh, better to have to tame a tiger than to paint stripes on a pussycat. That whole thing. I feel like this coaching staff looks at the offense of this team as a tiger. And they want to, you know, pull them back, rein them in, get them to play D first. And typically, I think this works for teams. If you defend first and you have offensive talent, it will come in those tight playoff games where there aren't many chances and you have elite finishers. I get the mindset, but it is at the point right now where you look at it, look at it and go, are they Tigers? Like, is there is there Tiger hey. bursts coming from this group? I'll ask you, can, can Austin be a Tiger at... 14 minutes Saturday night. Did you see those minutes? I mean, not, what is it? 1408 he played or something on Saturday night? Come on. Yeah. That, that, I'm sure. They're up 4-1. They're trying to rest them. It's like a game off, right? How many penalties did they take? They were on the penalty kill for a long time. That's that's one of those where you can let it slide a few times, but if that guy's expected to be a 50 or 60 goal scorer, he's not going to cut it. He's not cutting it. Tavares has played 14. Every guy in the Leafs, all the forwards, were 12 and a half minutes. I'm not saying it was wrong. Right. uh, Because we do know that they've got a very heavy schedule this week, right? What do they have, like five and eight or something? Oh, yeah. They play They play tonight. They play Wednesday. They play Friday. Friday they play Saturday. Saturday and three on the road and Monday. And Monday. Maybe four on the road, actually. So, boy, that's I, it. I, I'm okay. I'm okay squeeze, squeezing out a 5-2 win and, and not having to tax You okay getting Shalgren tonight on our trip to the Scotiabank Arena? Uh, should we cancel the game tonight and <laughs> Should reschedule? we tell them the game's canceled? Uh, do we not want to see, like, just the like to number see. one goalie? The greatest goalie in Leaf history, Sam. He's really okay. You're saying off the air you didn't want to talk about it. How do you feel about Matt Murray? Right now? Do you remember my article I wrote? I do. 
Number one goalie, no questions asked I here. Also, I also remember some tweets that I sent in the summer that have that looked really bad for a long time. That the, the You freezing, ripping on him? No, no saying that I was, I was looking forward to it. I thought it was a good idea for them to bring him in. Some freezing cold takes that may be thawing out a little bit here. I just, I'm letting myself believe in this. I know I'm going to get hurt. But after you know what? Those That's th- a good fan. Those three games, the way he looked and the way the team looked in front of him, I'd say what he said about Jersey was flat out wrong. Leafs got spanked in that game against against Jersey. But I think Matt Murray yeah, was... Yeah, I didn't think the Leafs were no, in it. But it was one of the big reasons that they did get a point in that game was Matt Murray. The Murdoch. Thought he looked great against against Buffalo, especially when the Leafs stopped playing uh, in the second half of the third period. And he had to make a bunch of saves. I'm letting myself believe, boys. I think okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm officially excited about it. I'm Let's sorry. go to Sheldon on uh, Sammy's guy. Tremendous. Except tonight, tonight, just you've been looking at the reactions of the players on the bench. You know, like they're, I mean, that puck's snapping around pretty good on their power play, and and looks looks dangerous. And they've got some really strong shooters that can hammer the puck, and he was tracking it well, making the save when he needed to. You know, it's a shame to see the two go in on him. Obviously, one, it kind of gets deflected, but he's there and he's in position, changes on him. And the second one, you you don't like to see those go in because he deserves to have better numbers for the way he played tonight. But I can just tell you, being behind the bench and seeing our players, he gave our team tremendous confidence tonight. I think he's sunned Matt Murray. He treats Matt Murray like his son. He deserves better numbers. They love this guy. Don't you think? There's a history there, obviously, and while a lot of the people, including maybe Sam once upon a time, said this was terrible, that uh, he's done, he's uh, a wasted pickup, this is also Sheldon kind of coming back and saying, this is what we saw that you all didn't see, and there's a little bit of, you know, extra oomph yeah. In his comments. There's no victory lap, like no official victory lap taken because I think they know how quickly it can turn, but there's definitely a patina, a, a, a tint of victory lap from the comments around Matt Murray. They sure enjoy him. For me, though, this is just starting, right? To me, he's just still coming off a lengthy injury. He's just starting to feel himself out, and, you know, there could be another level there, too. Mm-hmm. Or it could go south. I mean, you just don't know. And I'm basing yeah. it on on what we've witnessed the last few years out of him. But he's he's a pro. He acted like a pro. He's carried himself like a pro. And this is what you knew that you were getting. There's still a reason why, you know, his contract calls for $7 million in his jeans just this year alone. Right. I mean, he's a good goalie who's had historically better success than any other young goalie to ever come into a league. I know. Him and Ken Dryden. Come on. Arthur Shelby here. Leafy blinders. There has to be a little bit of faith that if he could stay healthy, he... He he should be okay in this, and they, can he can he go from okay to exceptional, yeah. real exceptional? Not, I mean, not I sure. get, Sheldon's kind of selling something like you know you just beat the Montreal the nineteen seventy six Montreal Canadiens. The Sabers are now seven and eleven with a three eighty nine winning percentage. So maybe, but pump the I, I get it, I get it, and yeah. it it's just it's just warming up here. Mm-hmm. You're you're 
you're getting close to that that quarter mark, that American Thanksgiving. For me, uh, we're just warming up to see where Matt Murray takes this. Hey, has there been any bigger surprise this season than the Leafs goaltending at five on five being the fourth best in the NHL through almost a quarter of the season? They've played um, Ilya Samsonov, I want to say, eight or nine times, Shalgren six or seven times, Matt Murray four times. They missed 21 games due to goaltending injury. Fourth yeah. best at five on five. I think it's ninth all all situations in the league. Yeah. Like, you know, after Jack Campbell last year, that's a massive turnaround. So you mentioned uh, Ryan Reynolds off the top of the show that you were talking about a sugar daddy. And it just made me think of the Ottawa Senators. What are they thinking? <laughs> They're dead last in the Eastern Conference, by the way, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, after the summer of Pierre has turned into the winter of discontent for him. <laughs> well done. Um, summer of Pierre. Uh, oh, God. But now funny. they're paying half his salary. One thing about Pierre Dorian. Pierre Dorian is very loyal. Uh, <laughs> they're paying no, half. 25. They're playing 25% of his salary yeah, to be 25. on Should your be blood, half. playing goalie well for your blood rival who's now, whatever, 10 points ahead of you. Probably doesn't sit well if you're a fan of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, not great, not great. They, I don't know, what's the... Listen, they, the... they all chased them to the curb. Big time. All of them. Kicked them out of town. Including the, the, Let's the, not the act fan like base they here. were wrong yet. It's you're, been you're four not, games for me. You're not... I'm not. I'm you're, 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 you're not getting to want them back now, sorry. And it, I, it it's still early, as we mentioned. It's yeah. just warming up. It's just starting. It is. There's, there's plenty of... Plenty of time to find out the rest on Murray. We got uh, we got more clips from today. They had a skate. Uh, Sheldon's tone changed a little bit today. Kipper. Um, it's a Monday tone. What's it was, that? It was less of a Saturday night tone into a Monday morning tone. <laughs> he hit the Sunday scaries and woke up Monday morning. He's like, what have I done? I said exceptional. <laughs> they beat the Sabres. <laughs> Some regrets this morning. Uh, let's play the, the clip on Keith getting better, and we'll jump from there. It's, we're starting to get to the point, I think, where we've got some real traction with our group in terms of how we need to play to have success. Now we think there's another level to get to offensively for sure, but there's a lot of things defensively that we've done. All four lines, uh, the six defensemen, you know, despite missing key people on the back end, I think we've just insulated our team very well defensively. Uh, and that's given us a chance at success. We've been good on special teams, power play. You know, the other night was two huge goals for us in quick time, and penalty kill was called on too much, but did its job. So things are starting to come together. We get a, a big goal from the you know from the third line there. Um, so lots of things that I I have been feeling good about uh, in terms of things just kind of settling in, and uh, you know we're looking forward to that continuing to grow. But I think. Each, each season is, is its own uh, beast. You know, we, we have a number of changes from our team last season, and it's taken a little bit of time, and we're still not where I think we can be, but it's certainly starting to look a lot more uh, like we're capable of. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, they're, yeah. they're, their energy is better than what we saw mm-hmm. two, three weeks ago. There's a little bit more consistency, more jump, more fight. Uh, they are getting there. There's... There's still room. I, don't, I mean, he just assumes that the offense will get going. We all do, really, when you talk about the high skill of There's an just Austin no way Matthews. they're the 20th best offensive right? team. they got to be better than that. Got to. Don't they? In theory. Yeah. You just, numbers aside, yeah. Matthews still doesn't no. look like Matthews even Saturday night. Yeah. 
and that's that's still remains to be seen. You know, I, what was it Sam was saying the other day? At this point in the season last year, he had the same amount of goals, uh, fairly comparable points, and then he blew up. Well, we'll see. He's got a long way to go to do that again. But I, I thought, but last year there were probably a lot more five on five dominance than it was this yeah. point this year. Like I, I remember, I, liked, the, I remember them being the conversation with him never scoring on the power play. Remember? It was right. Like, I do how, remember that. Yeah. It was like, oh, how do they got to get him more involved in the power play? And now it's like, well, how does he score outside of the power play? So, yeah. He did make that one defensive play in the first period where he stripped stripped the puck about six feet into his Yeah, that was line, on Thompson. And then fed Bunting mm-hmm. on the left side. It's a good play. And, I mean, Bunting's got to finish that. I know. Right? Did, just did gotta, they have the worst breakaway team in the league? Like, Kerfoot's awful. Did he just about injure himself on a breakaway in that game? Yeah, he but, he did the stop up move, which never works. He's got to be the the the. I can't decide if he's the worst good player or the best bad player, but like his breakaway skills are just non-existent. Fast, smart, works hard, can't finish. It's it's almost when you know someone's really super confident. Like think about. Marchand on his breakaway here in Toronto. Remember that oh, one? The one where he like, ruined the Leafs goalie he while knows, scoring? He, <laughs> he knows he's scoring. Yes. Like, you want a definition of confidence? Yeah. Watch Marchand go on his breakaway and then pull up any Kerfoot breakaway. Kerfoot's and it's just frenzied. He, he, it, he just, it's almost as if There's no he just knows that. Uh, you played with those guys like who were standing chances. over a three and a half footer and you're like, yeah. he has I a 0% even, yeah. chance of making yeah. this. Okay, watch my dad putt. Can't do it. <laughs> It's not. I just give it to him. Like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> right? I've been giving my dad eight footers since I've been 12 years old. Yeah, yeah, that would have gone. It's like it's me fine. at the racetrack when the teller gives my ticket already ripped up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your money. Here's your ticket that you're not going to need. I, I'm not winning. I know it. Oh, I got I racetrack it. luck. We should go on. Are there. you? Oh, yeah. I have a good racetrack All luck. All right, I'm coming with you. All right. But. Kiprios takes over. Kiprios. There you go. <laughs> How's my horse doing, by the way? Do we have any No any one's following up lately? on Kiprios. I don't think. Derek. Maybe Derek is. Come on. Google that and find out for me <laughs> by the end of the show. One of the things I did say about Matthews a while ago is that, you know, if if the goals drop and he's able to maybe make, sure. make, make a few more D up. passes, like, you know, for, if it frees up other players, like you can send a bunting in every once in a while – it might not be the worst thing for the team if he's able to create more around him if he attracts that much attention and the numbers go down but you don't necessarily get that sense just yet no no because it's not like he's playing dominant in in, in different ways like he looks the same to me defensively he doesn't look like he's better or doesn't look like he's distributing more just that offense at five on five it's just like it is strangely absent and the i'd like to say he's a slow starter but he scored four goals in his first career game so probably not an accurate comment we'll uh we'll wait and see all we, right we got uh, a few more updates here kipper well you want to do uh keep on nick robertson because it was kind of interesting for a guy who Coming off a, a good day off and feeling good, and and then he got a little short on answering. Uh, was it Luke Fox that asked him the question? Good question, too, Luke. I think it was Luke. Yeah, Luke Fox yeah. asking on Nick Robertson. Here is Sheldon Keefe's reaction. 
I know you mentioned before that it's daily conversation about whether to play Nick Robinson. At what point do you feel like it's sort of a detriment to his development if he's not being matched? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I'm not going to answer this question every single day. It's getting redundant. But um, what I would say is that there's a lot of benefits to being in the NHL for a young player. Uh, would you like to yeah. elaborate? Tell us what those are. Yeah, is it um, better meals? Great meals. Better paycheck per diem. Free parking. Tire. Free parking. Oh, there's some <laughs> Swag places for days gotta, too. Yeah. Gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of benefits. A lot of benefits. Um, to the player himself, I just don't know. I know one thing that the the Leafs used to say. And by the Leafs, I mean Kyle and Sheldon. They don't want to yo-yo guys. And have them emotionally be like, you're here, you're not, you're here, you're not, you're up, you're down. They don't want to do that to guys. So maybe it makes more sense to just have them around. You're a part of the team. You'll get in when you're one of the 12 best. Right now, Pontus, we're winning. Uh, No, got to play. Got to play. You're a player. If you're Sheldon, you're like, we got to win. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I get it. But then put him back. Put him back in the Marlies. And if there's an injury, so what? You're not, first of all, it's not St. John's. You're not flying a guy three hours anymore like he you did. He walks across the hall right? to the other room. Yeah, you're you're in the crossing the street, facility, yeah. you know, with a hockey bag. Just don't get run over on the gardener. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so don't, yeah. don't you think that Keith probably just says to Kyle, goes to the office today after that question with Luke, which is a good question, by the way. Um, you know, maybe just send him down for me, Kyle, so we don't have to face his question literally every day and it's not a distraction for him and he's getting some games. I would be sick at answering this. Here's, he here's obviously, the they've won a bunch, and he hasn't been in the lineup. He thinks the lineup's good. He's not good enough to get in. End of story. It I makes know, sense. I, I kind of have no problem with it being a meritocracy, but he's good enough to be on the hockey team. Like I, So today I watched a bunch of Shane Wright shifts. I'm going to write about Shane Wright, who just got sent down. Because everyone's like, you know, play the kid, right? If he doesn't, he's playing six minutes. Of course, he doesn't have a chance to improve. You go watch his games, and, and it's not like the coaches are seeing nothing. Like, Wright is turning pucks over, and he's falling down a lot and getting out-muscled. And, yeah, maybe if he played for 14 minutes, it'd be better for him. But, like, Dave Haxtell's not guaranteed to be employed if the, if Seattle's the worst team in the league again this year, or one of them. He's, he has an obligation to win games. So, Robertson is not that different in that the team is trying to win. The time is now yeah. for them. Yeah, And at least... In Seattle, they found him a place where he can go play and play a lot. And it'll be a two-week conditioning stint. And then you you call him up. And by then, World Juniors will get going. You'll there. burn another three weeks there. And then come January, you either Hopefully stronger in a situation where confident. he can maybe play a few more minutes, test him out a little bit. If not, he's going back to junior. Mm-hmm. And that's an, that's a nice plan for him. I think developmentally, that's well, a good year I, for him. I don't. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. There's some guys that it's like I don't want to be on three teams. Yeah, that's a good. Point. I don't. I don't want to be on three teams. I want to bounce around. I'm in a hotel. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly. Maybe Nick Robertson is one of those food. guys. Nah, it's a little different, though. I, I it's, recognize it's different. that. It's different yeah. because he's there's familiarity in the Marley system. And it's two teams. It's across it's your, the street. Exactly. You're still living in the same house. Yeah. Still buying the same groceries. It's just, it's a different beast. Uh, you know, Shane's young enough where he just might have to suck it up and mm-hmm. just deal with the fact that uh, he's, he's going to have 
going to be on three teams this year. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, I know people don't think of Seattle as some kind of juggernaut, but if you look at their roster, it's like there aren't really anyone you could look at and say he should play ahead of, you know, on the wing, Bjorkowski or Everly or Bjorkstrand or McCann or Schwartz or Tanov. Like, there's just, there's no spots for him. So, tough beans. And with Robertson, I do think that they should do one of two things, though. If he is going to be with the Leafs and they're going to keep him around, they should just commit to, like, a 10-game stretch where he's just going to be it. No, because... He can't last 10 games for Sheldon. We just go back to the top of our show. Yeah. What's all he's talking about? Defense, defense, defense. defense. And he looks at Nick and it's like, no, Nick, uh, that's the part where you're struggling. Mm -hmm. Nick just wants to shoot at the net. That's all he wants to do. That's not the way it works up here. This is not junior hockey. This is not 60 goal seasons for you. It is buy your time. Don't hurt the ball club. And then find a way to score. What's tough is he doesn't have the physical makeup to be a guy who can just go play D for Sheldon and keep him and happy. You, you know who has shown that? Pontus Holmberg. And Malgin. Malgin. Yeah. Turned to switch maybe four or five games into the season. And all of a sudden, Malgin's in hard on the four check. He's, Malgin's, he's, how old is he? 26? 25, I think. Yeah. You know, there's a diff, big difference. He's using his body. Yeah. And noticeable on shifts when he's not scoring those are those that's what he's all that's over what, it that's what sheldon's comfortable with right now yeah yeah i see the point and, and uh aston reese too to a to a it has been better uh lesser degree than i think uh malgin but you're he's not bumping aston reese out of the lineup right it, now it is funny that Kiefer's starting to get defensive about the question well, it's going to stay. He, it's, it's probably it's, killing it's gonna, him not being like, it's, it's do you guys watch? He's not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever he thinks, whatever his reasoning is. Uh, it's getting redundant. It does, and it's not <laughs> redundant if he does two things. He's, it's, there's only way, one way it's not going to be redundant. You send him to the Marlies yeah. or you play him. All right. Or do you deal he, with the question every day? One, uh, one thing I like to do is just keep an open mind to other people's points. You win. I agree now. You have, to, you have convinced me the right thing to do is to send him down. You win. And bad kinda, talk kinda, radio when you agree. It kind of hey? sucks, though. It kind of sucks because everybody drew the conclusion that he was done down there. It's over. I literally tweeted those exact words. I think he scored the OT winner, and I was like, he'll never be a Marley again. And <laughs> it's been three weeks, and I'm like, send him down. Nick's right. He can't play. <laughs> and it won't be the end of the world. See, that's the other thing, too, is it's tough to convince a 21-year-old that, like, this doesn't mean that you're not going to be an NHLer. This means it gives you, we think this gives you the best chance to be the best NHLer. The one thing that he needs to know is that everyone is invested in him personally, and they're all invested in his success, too. So it's not like punishment. It's like, we think this is the best thing for you to get better. For us. Mm -hmm. And he might have to kind of wrap his head around, and we've all done it, to a certain point where it's like, if it's not going to be here, it will be somewhere else. But I'm playing in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And that is my first goal. It's not to not be care a Toronto Maple Leaf first. It's to play in the NHL. Yep. And he that is everyone's goal first. He would not be the first one to to leave an organization because there just wasn't a fit. And Arizona know, I remember dressing beside uh, Dave Tippett. And I'm frustrated because, you know, I... 
feeling like I should be bumped up in the lineup. And he's like, sometimes you're only as good as they want you to be. I think that's a great way to that's, frame it. That's that what, guy should be a coach. And it never, it never left me. Yeah. And if he understands that, that he can be a very good player, but just not to Sheldon Keefe, then wherever he's playing, just know that there's there's 31 other teams right. that are watching me right now. But isn't that dangerous to get in that mindset, for, if you're the Leafs, for to a player like him to go, I don't care about Sheldon Keefe, and I don't care about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just want to play in the NHL. Yeah. And to start prioritizing his own, you know, doing it his own way, and not the team way, not in the right places. Like, that to me is a... Yeah, but you got to be smart, knowing that... There's a fine line. And then they between, won't use you if you don't do it their way. But there's a fine line, like you know, if you if you want to hold on to the puck a little longer and not dump it in. I mean, you're a skilled guy, so you're going to have to just push the envelope mm-hmm. on on what you think you need to be successful. And if you misread it and you start making selfish plays and you start throwing the team off, um, then you hurt the ball club. Yeah, and that's and just you get punished. That's, but but the mindset. For being in the minors, and I've been down there long enough to know, you know, and is that you you have to start thinking of yourself as just being this independent contractor that can get can move to any place at any time, mm-hmm. and and if it's not going to be here, it'll be somewhere else. I mean, if if his phone were to ring right now and he, he saw Kyle Dubas, it's only good things. I mean, like if he's going to get traded or something, I'm sure he'd be like, "Great, don't care what team it is, just let me go." do this i want to go play like i don't yeah. think that he's married to here he's an american born guy Who cares about the leafs and kyle dubas he was he would have been uh he wouldn't have picked up the phone if nick if nick robertson called because he was busy at the owen sound attack but, uh oshawa general game hey you see that dubas was at the attack uh general's game in, in oshawa on friday night checking out the best team in the chl boys so yeah. there you go oh yeah did you get him a coffee or anything no nah, he was up top you know he was taking pictures though lots of pictures saying hi kissing babies yeah. It is a weird I, thing. I, it was funny, though, because I was in the washroom, and a guy came in and was like, oh, boys, oh, Dubas is here tonight. And every guy in that washroom's like, oh, I got a few things to say to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, don't don't, don't come out of the box. You know, this could somehow, some way, be a happy ending for, for, for Nick Robertson, but as of today, it really hurts the Leafs that he has not stepped up. Yeah. For a team that is starving for for prospects offense and, cheap contracts and assets that's just another asset now that Kyle doesn't have to play yeah in a, in a big poker game Nick Robertson was crypto stock for Dubas essentially <laughs> <laughs> they had so much they had it all oh, and now it's, and now it's nothing oh it's almost there it's on its way no, I, I've never been happier to be d- a dumb ball in my life. Like I, <laughs> I never dabbled one cent of my hard earned right. dollars. Right, right. We're going to get uh, Gord Stellick after the break to uh, explain crypto to us. And uh, when he was uh, general manager, who was his crypto? <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, Gord Stellick after the break and then Butch Goring in the second hour to tee up the New York Islanders tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Is real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the show. Got Gord Stellick. Here to break it all down for us. Saturday night, big 5 2 win. 
And they're right back at it tonight against the New York Islanders. Hello, Gordo. Kippy, Justin, how you guys doing? We're good. We're good. How are you? How was your weekend? Uh, weekend was great. Uh, yeah, lots going on. And uh, certainly the weekend before we talked about, quite emotional. I know that's a while ago, but uh, nice leaf win. Everything good. Um, yeah, won our curling as well. So I'm all Whoa. set tonight. Leafs Islanders, yeah. Curling? What's, uh, wait, 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 tell what's going on there. Oh, yeah, tell us the old it. cricket club. Yeah, yeah, I got fr- mixed curling on Friday nights and men's curling Monday nights. So I have a spare tonight. So our team will be severely depleted. With what El, without El Gordo there on the lead, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they can hang tough. I don't know. I don't know. And how's your game? Not bad. Well, I've been a lead forever, which is kind of like being on the fourth line forever. So I don't know. I, I, um, <laughs> I keep you're reliable. These, yeah, yeah. I have to keep throw these. Uh, I have to keep throwing these guards. You don't get in the house, but but not bad. Not bad. It's a fun. You know, it's actually a fun event. And uh, and uh, my wife Lisa's a really good curler, so it's it's kind of fun. She. When we curl Friday, she's the skip, and I, I am also, again, again the lowly lead. But I do consider myself the best curler at the club. I don't think it's an opinion universally agreed upon. So as we played a few of Sheldon's uh, clips today, the one lead uh, today going into this week is how happy he is defensively. Um, and, you know, he's made it uh, abundantly clear that, you know, I'm not worried about the offense and it'll come, but this is where I am most happy. Is that what you've seen in the last couple of weeks here? Uh, a team that can can shut it down, be patient, wait for a power play? Is this is this where the Leafs are headed? Well, it was Buffalo on Saturday. Okay, so there's 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 two minds. So, yeah, I, I can, you know, no, J, no TJ Brody, no Jake Muzzin especially, um, that, you know, you, you come up with strong efforts. I mean, Matt Murray, that's huge that he's come back and played so well with uh, so little work so far. So, so again, Kippy, those are the positives. But I did find, like, after the New Jersey Devil game, you're, you know, because you're, again, this is fine. They're getting in a bit of a groove, and you want that kind of a regular season, and you want things to go well offensively, defensively. But then you're saying, are we, the Toronto Maple Leafs now, have the New Jersey Devils passed us? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, that was a better team I saw. It, it, was a, it was a great game. And, you know, the Leafs were close, but New Jersey was the better team. And I know it's just one game. So you're kind of going, okay, like, like where? So that's the big picture. You look at where are the Leafs in this, this playoff mix, which is an ongoing discussion and will be. And then the other part is all you can do is go out and play the 82 games one game at a time and play well. So, yeah, so in Sheldon Keefe's case, I can see where the coach – especially let's use that uh, the last four games of that West coast trip as the negative barometer has to be the way has to be pleased. So, and I share that the way things are a few weeks later. Is there some risk in the idea that, Oh, the offense is just going to come, you know, like waiting, you know, to further Kip's point, I, you know, I hear people talking about the Leafs and saying that the thing they really need to add is a forward and add scoring but I think internally there's this belief that the offense is going to come. I, I, I don't know. Do you think they need to go out and, and add to that, or do you think they're right with their patience on this? I, I'm, I'm okay, Justin, right now with the patience on it about getting the right kind of add. And, of course, everyone knows there's no trades being made now. Everyone's up against the cap. I mean, there will be some deals being made. But that, that's a funny animal that you say because, you know, historically it's uh, you know, a, a great coaches or coaches – can, can teach defense. You can teach defense and teams can buy into it and be a better defensive team, but you can't tell Gord Stelic, Nick Kiprios, or Justin Bourne that, you know, you got to score 10 more goals this year and it simply happens. We all know that. And so 
so it, it's funny the Leafs are kind of in that conundrum right now about, and a lot of it's about, say, Austin Matthews, who won the Rocket Richard Trophy, that people's expectations maybe are a little bit unrealistic, but also, you know, based on what these guys have done, they should be able to score goals. They should be. Now, you know, you lose Mikheyev, so you, so who's going to fill the void for him? Um, so that's the X number of goals as well, and, you know, those have to come from somewhere. So, you know, you start looking at that, and yeah, it becomes a little bit more, say, goals maybe don't come as readily, but, but your big guns, like your big four, I mean, they've done it historically, and you got to expect that they're going to be able to do it again. Again, it comes down to the constant, the constant issue or questions about the supporting cast. Like you know, Kerfoot, you got to get more goals out of Kerfoot, right? I mean, you, you know, just some of these guys have to be have to be better two-way players, provide more offense because it's the Nick Pauls of the world that bite you in the ass every year in the playoffs. Is it the extra? Uh... Attention to detail defensively, uh, a big part of why Austin Matthews is going into game 20 uh, on a, I don't know, 35, 40 goal pace. Yeah, I don't, you know, Kippy, I thought he really worked from day one. Like, I mean, to, to be a 19 year old kid and play center and play, you know, the, the kind of two way demands, and Connor McDavid was the one guy did it the previous year. Austin did it as a 19 year old. That, that, that's, that's a lot to ask. That's a difficult, difficult task. And I, I've really, you know, seen him grow in that part of the game, you know, through over the years. So I've been a lot happier how, or how he's worked on his two-way hockey. So I, I don't think it should. I don't think it should. I mean, there's, you know, like look at Matt Barzell, for example, as we're talking about the Islanders tonight, just, uh, you know, he was on the verge of uh, Jeff Merrick kidded. He wanted him to be the leading scorer on the team with no goals, 82 assists, right? Now that changed on the weekend. So, uh, so you know, sometimes just whatever it is, dribs, drabs, it doesn't go in. Um, how are how are teams playing him differently? Are they all of a sudden like that? Because yeah, he's not getting as many say uh, grade A chances as he seemed to get before. But I, you know, that that's been his history. That's been his history, his ability to score goals. So uh, I really do believe in Austin Matthews' case. It's certainly, you know, it's certainly it's certainly going to come. Maybe not a sixty goal season every year. Maybe you know you have a got forty goal seasons, not bad at all. But you know, maybe that maybe that's the kind of one you have. So in which case you're talking twenty less goals from him. Gordo, what are your thoughts on what's happening with Nick Robertson is poised to be scratched for the fourth straight game here. Some debate about send him down, don't send him down, give him a run of hockey. What are your thoughts on what they should do with their once highly touted prospect? And, and keep in mind, Gordo, that Justin Bourne called him like cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty apt. I, I'm pretty proud of that uh, comparison. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one that's a good one yeah i don't what, what, what was the other one Briex, where the guy jumped out of a helicopter as well i don't think we're quite there okay uh, but uh yeah yeah but um i i'm still you know bullish on him and um maybe um, i don't want to say naively because i'm not on the inside I, I did understand like i mean you look at what's going on with shane wright in seattle about you know there's certain expectations certain demands that uh, a coach wants you to play and because if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, you need, you need to you need to develop from within. That's why you need Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren to you know hopefully continue to be able to establish the NHL sees this opportunity. That's why you know nobody, very few have come up on the forward side after having so many come up from the Toronto Toronto Marlies and the Zach Hyman, Connor Brown, and Andreas Janssen era. So uh, the guy, and we just talked earlier about scoring goals, Justin, and this guy, you know, this guy can. This guy can score goals. We know that. Like, he, is he, you know, that Dallas game. I mean, wow, that was the sampling of just when they needed it. That was an important win, by the way. That was, a, that was kind of a win they needed a bit against a very good Dallas team. So 
I remain very bullish on him. I, I, I believe you've got to find a way to get what, whatever, whatever weaknesses you're finding that he works to correct them because he has such an upside, such a positive upside offensively and you know to our point earlier that that that's that we need that Toronto needs that kind of player who can score some goals and there's not others that can have scored them at other levels of hockey like he has we had a good laugh for what three weeks ago uh, when he had his big game and Mike Tracos uh uh wrote an article about trading him because his value is so high with, <laughs> with, with your experience uh, as a general manager and uh, assistant general manager. Can you recall ever windows when someone was pushing someone to be traded because their value was high and then it never really ever came back? Or is that just a, that, that really doesn't happen because people go over the course of what uh, a season or a few months or whatever, knowing that, you know, we think that this place, we, we think this guy has value at, at X amount and, and no two-week window will change that. Yeah, Kippy, I think, you know, I'll tell you where it can hurt. Do you remember the guy Nathan Dempsey? Remember that? Sure, defenseman and, uh, for the Leafs. Yeah, but but it was... And winger, like, he played both back well, and forth. And, but, but, but the fans started to love him, right? So sometimes you get the fans fall in love with a player that, you know, and you kind of go, well, he's not really playing as well as the fans think that he is playing, whatever, but they're just falling in love with him for whatever reason. So, but to answer your question, I mean, you, that, you know, particularly nowadays with the kind of scouts you have around and, you know, all that, I mean, that's the whole point. You see the press boxes full of pro scouts every game, you know, really, really getting a book on anyone, any, any, you're so any flashes in the pan. That's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty desperate move by an opposing general manager to make. And it just doesn't seem to happen, happen nowadays. And, and, um, uh, the like, like it's funny. I mean, again, I'm going to go way back, but a little one. And Harry Sinden always said it was his one mistake he regretted was okay. Again, I'm going way back, but he got pissed off at Tom Ferguson in a, in a contract thing going in the season, and we played Boston the first game of the season. And after that, like he said to Jerry Macker, I'm going to move Tom Ferguson, and and Jerry made a great trade getting him for Billy Delego. No slight to Billy Delego, and 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 that was Harry Sinden doesn't trade on emotion very often. And, you know, he just said, that's one I regret making. And I, you, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't. And his was about money, of course, but, you know, based on emotion. So, uh, and, and that just really, you know, uh, doesn't, doesn't happen nowadays. What are your thoughts on the way the Leafs are going to handle Matt Murray coming up? We've got uh, Eric Schalgren going tonight, even though, you know, they had, would have had a day off yesterday, but there's a couple hockey games coming up. It sounds like they're going to, I think he missed morning skate the other day. He missed a practice. They're just going to try to really be careful with him. Um, is that, I don't know. I, I feel like at some point you got to practice off the ice, but is that the best case scenario for a guy who's been hurt? Well, you know, Justin and Kippy, there's certain players that get a nickname like Crystal or something like that, and that's when you yeah. get worried, right? That, right? that someone is fragile, and I'm not suggesting Matt Murray's fragile, not at all. But there are, you know, that that's when you get in that worry thing. And right now, obviously, coming back from injury, and nowadays with what they know and the kind of treatments and kind of sports medicine they have, obviously, yeah, you go about this intelligently. And I mean, the word load management with Kawhi Leonard having been in town. Although it's not doing a lot of good right now, but uh, but you know just about how you handle these situations. So I, I just I gotta say, I mean, you know, I, Kyle Dubas and those guys they got, they got to be ecstatic because this is the this is the big enchilada they brought into the fold. And uh, to get hurt in the manner he seemed to get hurt rather innocently and be out so long and then come back and play that well. I mean that that was huge last week the way he played. So I, I'm like like whatever, and the experts know a lot more than me. But I, I you, you say always like you got an off day. There's no travel, whatever, but uh, but like I, I'm I'm good about the way they're handling it. I just I just think the big litmus test 
was something he passed last week. Imagine if he came in and he struggled. I mean, you know, I got to say, Jack Campbell, like we know, was going through an Edmonton. Like, gosh, you know, sometimes you just don't get off on the right foot and, and you never do, particularly on a goaltender. So, uh, so I, I'm cool with load management, whatever you want to call it, in Matt Murray or anyone else's case. We're talking to Gord Stellick, Leaf Nation pre- and post-game, former Leaf general manager as well. John Tavares is set to play his 300th game as a member of the Leafs uh, in 299. He's got 129 goals. Uh, really, uh, uh, real consistent here. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not the flashiest, not the uh, a lot of nights. It's not really standing out, but this guy finds a way to get his cookies. Especially this year, Kippy, since he got, what, is the first year when he got the 47 goals and it seemed to be of mind that, okay, he's got to play with Mitch Marner to get that. And, and uh, like, I'm with you. I'm with you. I've always, I used to really enjoy when he came with the New York Islanders being able to watch games in person because he's one of those guys you got to do the eyeball thing because you're right. It's not, he doesn't do the flashy situations like that, like just willing to play the game hard, play the game honest, go in the greasy area. And and he's really yeah, some it's some like 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 some people are saying is this the year maybe move John Tavares to left wing okay and you know I, I don't I'm not saying anybody inside the organization was saying that but uh, but yeah he's had a he's had a real real strong start and again we talk about it every time I'm on and I you know when we talk about goals for the season is for one of these guys to be in contention for the Conn Smythe Trophy I and mean, that's the ultimate goal for you know for playoff excellence but again that is down the road all you can do is play as well as you can the regular season, and he's been great. Last one for me, Gordo, before we let you go. Kip is taking Sam and I to dinner somewhere tonight and hasn't told us where. What would you guess? Where would you guess that Kip is going to take it, us? Are his parents' old restaurants still open? <laughs> Sam, Sam and I did joke. Is, is, is there a Greek diner nearby? Yeah, but uh, Kip, Kip, he used to know, when we were at Sportsnet, you, you knew the guys, what was it called, the Scott House out there by, uh, yes. uh, yeah, that yeah. Kip, 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 he'll take care of you, maybe the keg or something, like, you know what, yeah, Kippy's full on, I, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't even throw a jab at him, Okay. although, remember the, remember the makeup person Kippy said to you, you're all gab, no jab, I love that, that was the best <laughs> <line>. <laughs> listen, oh, um, the God. keg's a wonderful <laughs> restaurant, yeah. we're not going to the keg, well, okay, well, Harbor 60, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, now you're in the ballpark. Oh, I forgot you're in radio now. Okay, never yeah. mind. Yeah, a bacon yeah. burger. A Ponderosa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Burger Shack. Something with a bib. <laughs> uh, Dante's Fiesta. It's game time. Let's get hungry. <laughs> they can't go with, they can't, they can't run with you on the Dante's Fiesta. I can tell you that. No, no, oh, not in my pride. That thing like he's going to the chair. <laughs> I was, I was the secretariat of dinners uh, back then. Yeah, yeah, not quite now. Well, anyway, well, and happy anniversary to Sam. Ten years at Rogers. Yes, he's kicking ass with your show, and the show kicks ass. So, so have fun. Just next time, include me. All Thanks, right, Pat, we, we love will. you. Enjoy okay. the game tonight. Okay, see you guys. Take George care. Stalick. Uh. John Tavares is having a good year. He is. I thought that was really interesting. Did you read the full stat, his time with the Islanders as well? Did you mention that with Gord? Uh, no. Yeah. So how, how uh, comparable the numbers yeah, are? Yeah. So John Tavares in his last 300 games of the Islanders had 129 goals and his first 300 has 129 goals of the Leafs. Talk about consistent. Yeah. Tonight's his 300, like, right? Uh, so he could, he like, could pass it. That's like Sid and uh, 
Sid and uh, Ovi having the same number yeah. of points. But it is, it's... Um, Except it's John versus John. <laughs> you can't say that you didn't get what you paid for with John. You're like, okay, we've seen him over 300 games. We'll pay him this. And then he gives you that. And you, you don't get to complain when you get what you ordered. Do you think that that they paid $11 million because they knew exactly what they were getting for? Or did they think that taking John out of New York and then putting him in Toronto would raise somehow uh, a level for him? You no. know, I always found it really interesting. And I would have said the moment that he signed, that he had a, a franchise type of guy label on him out of New York mm. that would automatically have made him the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I still, to this day, find it strange that you needed a season to decide if this guy was going to be your captain or not. That blows me away. What, what, what did you need to learn that he was more or less of what you thought? Why would you wait? Rather than just give it to him. Correct. With his status. Can you give it being, to a CEO who doesn't know anyone? Your captain is a guy you don't know. You can with perceived franchise-type players. Yeah. You can. Yeah. That's how much respect that they come walking into the room with. But what was it? Maybe it's to your point. Maybe we thought he was this kind of franchise-type player, but maybe he really isn't. I, I don't know. But I just said, well, then it's got to be leaning towards Austin Matthews for mm-hmm. the captaincy, and then we know what happened to him in Arizona, and it was like, was that was that the uh, the switch back to John, uh, John Tavares? I don't I don't know, but I just yeah. I just he's been the model of consistency. I think it was the safest choice they could have made. So I think initially they were hoping they could make Austin the guy, right? That they were saying, okay, you know, whether it's Matthew Kachuk or who's sorry Brady Kachuk as a young captain or Landeskog, they're hoping it's Matthews. The thing happens in Arizona and that kind of blows it up. With, with Tavares, it's like you know what you're getting. He's the model of consistency yeah. and professionalism, and he's going to say the right things, and he's going to do the right things. And if that's but not leadership... He, he leads by production. He's... We've all played... Not example? Different not letter, work ethic? Uh, yeah, possibly, but... Yeah. Okay. For me, it's it's not uh, it's not the be-all, end-all for, mm-hmm. for captaincy. Um, but... I forgot my train of thought now on it. I don't know. I still had the clip last year where I was adamant that at one point you will get to buy an Austin Matthews leaf sweater with a C on it. And I thought it should have been him instead of Tavares. Cause let's be real. Everyone looks to him as the guy the franchise goes as he goes. The players look at him. Yeah. He's the guy. He's the face of the franchise. How is that? Not your captain. That was my only, and it would take pressure <laughs> off John. It's the production. Yeah. And this is, this is where I was going. That we've played with enough guys to say that you can you can look at the score sheet and there he is with one and one mm-hmm. and it was like eh, you yeah. didn't really yeah. see that it's a quiet one of those guys. Was and Thomas you, and Vanek for me. You still look at Vanek stats and be like, "What? Every, one and two again?" Everybody needs that guy that doesn't look like he's having like a, a great game, but somehow Vanek finds a way to get to one and one or. Yeah. Uh, you know, one and two. Yeah. But and he, John's that type of guy. Yeah. He will never, he will never f- outflash or, or just 
you know, dominate like a, a McDavid on some nights. Uh, an McDavid's Austin OT Matthews. winner, by the way. Yeah. We talked about him. My God, yeah. what is that? Jesus. What speed is that? It's like watching a game on fast forward. Did, I get your point. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, and, and that's all. I mean, he's. I, I give him full credit for, for knowing what you have with him. And yes, there, he, he's working. He works the boards. He's not scared to go behind and, and fight for pucks. He's paying a price in front of the net. Pajama boy. <laughs> and he finds a way to to yeah. to maintain that consistency on a on a score sheet. Yeah, it's you know look I'm just looking at the stats list for the top guys. It's 22, 21, 20, and twenty for points for the big four. Matthews right there, and Tavares a point ahead of him. Twenty one points, ten and eleven so far through nineteen games. Heck of a run. And we should shout out Mitch Marner for a twelve game point streak right now. Seventeen points on that twelve game point streak. He had a twenty eight point game point streak at one point he's pete rose in his, in his career <laughs> which uh, 28 yes what's the record gretzky at 40 yeah, years 160 straight games with a point probably i have no 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 no, no. it's in the 40s that's in the 40s i think sickening someone google that for us i'll do it All right. um and the other stat that i found interesting was five on five mm-hmm. per 60 minutes mm-hmm. did you see that stat no. like What's going it's, on with natural stature yeah. here, my partner? No, it's just I'm I'm now more focused on five on five. Yeah, well, it I is. am. Yeah, it's because I find it. Uh, I don't find the Leafs like special teams is a different just, animal. Did you right? see that power play goal? Boom, face off one. Yeah, boom, boom, boom in the net. Uh, Marner with a one timer, which you hardly ever see. But because it's such a curveball, it's like if someone threw in an EFIS off-speed pitch. Like, come on. Like, Whoa. Mitch Marner looking like Ovechkin yeah. and Stamp Coast for a split second. <laughs> then it goes off of uh, Tavares. Boom, one nothing. Yeah. Within okay. like 10 seconds of excited. the puck drop. Yeah. But then you go back to five on five, right. and it's like they're searching. Right. Uh, um, just a note on how stupid I am. Okay. Uh, he had a 13-game streak with 28 points in it. Oh. Not a 28. It's a bit of a difference. He had a 28-game point streak with 13 points. <laughs> no, but a 13-point <laughs> streak with 28. That's insane. Anyways, um, I'm looking up uh, how many Gretzky had. Okay. And Kipper is on five on five. We should probably break. All right. Let's go to break. Okay. We're going to break, and I'll find the list. And uh, it's interesting because there's there's Mitch, and then there's everybody else. At five on five points yeah. this season? Or just like, No, I, the- I think the last three seasons. Oh, really? Yeah. Because uh, Matthews was big with goals. He's he. It's it's Mitch, uh, and then Austin three. Really? Yeah, I'll find it. All right. Okay, we're back with uh, Butch Goring to help us tee up the New York Islanders tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Back after this. This is real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet five ninety the fan. JB, where are the Islanders on the uh, American Thanksgiving cut line? You know, uh, good. They're in a good spot. Are they 11 and 8 right now? They've lost a couple in a row. But, you know, they started kind of rough, and I had some fears about this Islanders team. But I got it going a little bit. Had a good little run there. And, yeah, they're they're looking like a playoff team. They play different than a lot of teams, I find. Big, old, veteran, uh, physical. The Lou Lamarillo demise, uh, end of your career, finally caught up to you a little premature. <laughs> I think so. I think he's doing okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're, like I said, they seem like a team that is built for playoffs. So 
That would be good news. I would say they would welcome that in Long Island were that the case. Sorokin looks like a Vesnitz-style guy. I'll take it. The move that uh, I think uh, really helped is uh, Romanov from Montreal. Yeah, that's helped. Their D in general are really good, like Dobson, Mayfield, Pellick, Pollock. Once you get a guy like that that can come in and be a little bit of a threat, and Mm -hmm. there's some nights I'm sure – Top six guys are going, uh, is he going to run me? Is he not going to run me? Like it changes changes the dynamic of your blue line having a guy like that. Yeah, and a I, lot of big hitters in their lineup. By the way, yeah. Casey Sezik is on the, on the verge, I think, of being the league's leading all-time hitter, something like that. He's, he's catching up to, to number one, I believe. Matt Martin Since. is third. Since they've been recording, recording in 05-06. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry. We're not disparaging your career. I'm sorry. Was there hitting before that? <laughs> we didn't have calculators then, so hits didn't count. But yeah, he's... Uh, is, is Sammy finding us Butch Goring, or is he watching the soccer game? He's on. Butch Goring is there. We got him. Butch, thanks for bailing out Sammy. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Hey, anything I can do for you guys, I'm <laughs> willing to help. Well, we really appreciate it. Uh, one of those games tonight, I think, for Leaf fans wondering if this is just going to be another, uh, you know, game that uh, the Leafs can progress. Uh, is this how, how much? How improved is this hockey club from a year ago? How much trouble could they possibly give the Leafs tonight? Let's start with your thoughts. Well, I think it should be a heck of a hockey game. Uh, one thing about the Islanders, they always seem to play extremely well in Toronto natives from Ontario, so they're always looking to uh, put on a good show for their friends and family that are in Ontario, so that's number one. But uh, this is a a much better team than last year. As we all know, they stumbled out of the gate, and they had all kinds of uh, things go wrong for them. uh, But this year, uh, you know, they're they're refreshed physically and mentally. I mean, uh, they didn't make the playoffs last year, so they got a much longer summer, so a chance to really... uh, uh, get themselves ready for the upcoming season. So they're, they're off to a good start. Um, hey, listen, this league is uh, uh, a, there's a great deal of parity, so it, it's hard to win hockey games. But uh, they've uh, they played very well. The uh, the energy and the effort has been uh, very very good. They haven't won as many games as they obviously would like, but um, they played very very hard. Very competitive team. Yeah, but they seem to play a different style than I think a lot of the teams around the league. Like you mentioned, competitive and hardworking. Would you say there's any changes from when Barry Trotz was there to the Lane Lambert version of this Islanders team, or is it still just the same core of guys playing the same way? No, they they, they don't play the same way. They're, certainly, there are very few changes on this hockey team from really when Barry Trotz was the coach over the last three, four years. Uh, but Lane Lambert just—he's uh, getting them to uh, to play faster. In other words, get those feet moving and play at a much uh, higher tempo. Uh, he wants them much more aggressive offensively, and in particular, he wants the defense involved. And uh, with the number of goals and the points that the defense have at this time of the year, um, that area is much improved as far as far as you know acquiring those points. So, uh, but overall, this is a team that uh, you know uh, plays as a team, thinks about defense. Uh, wants to play that strong defensive game. Yet at the same time, uh, they you know they obviously want to score more goals, uh, which they have for the most part. So um, I think it's a much better product on on the ice. 
Hey, Butch, what, what, what was the pickup for Romanov uh, out of Montreal? What has that done for guys like Dobson and, and uh, Pelic and Pulak? Well, I think it's, it's, it's done a lot for, for everybody, really, when you think about this as a guy that's a young guy is continuing to work on his game. And he's, you know, he's now the partner for uh, Noah Dobson for the most part. So I think it's given the uh, Islanders uh, that four strong defensemen. Uh, you know, everybody has to have those two pairs that can take on the top two lines and even the third line when, when necessary. So I think it's solidified uh, the two top pairs. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, Scott Mayfield is off to a tremendous start. Might be having his best season ever. He's been really a pleasant surprise, I think, for everybody. Um, so they're, they're, defensively, they, they've shored up their defense where at times with the injuries they had last year, uh, that, that was an area of concern. But you, they bet on a couple of old guys, uh, you know, old in air quotes because they're not old. But Zach Parisi's a guy they've bet on when the Wild gave up on him, and Kyle Palmieri got a uh, extension there. How have those veteran guys been that they've signed on to? Uh, you know, I, I guess a lot of people wouldn't have bet on their sunset years, but they've been pretty good, have they not? They they have been very good. I mean, Zach Parise, in spite of the year the team had, was the best forward they had last year. I mean, this guy was a tireless worker. His performance was uh, the same night in and night out. He didn't take any nights out, which you wouldn't expect from from him. I mean, the way he plays, he's just a hardworking, very talented uh, individual. So he was a real nice asset for the Islanders last year. And and he's continued on on his way, and and uh, he hasn't scored recently, but it hasn't deterred him from uh, from his game. If you ask him, you know about the goals or goal, they'll come. But it doesn't mean I can't check. Doesn't mean I can't work hard and 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 have, you know be a leader in so many ways. So he he's been great. He's just a, a really really good pro. And then uh, certainly Kyle Palmieri, he's uh, had a great second half last year, and he's continued on. So I think the expectations for him would be to score twenty plus goals. I think he's going to get there. And um, he's done the things that everybody expects him to do. He's, uh, you know, he's strong around the net. He plays physical, um, and uh, you know, he'll he'll score those big goals. So I think those two guys, in spite of what people might say, you know, are on in years a little bit. Uh, they've delivered. Barzell ends up with a massive eight-year deal extension. I, I think seventy-three million dollars, uh, Butch. Uh, a heck of a commitment. Uh, just in terms of his his ceiling, I, I look at him and I think he should be uh, what Mitch Marner is to the Leafs. And I know their contracts are almost comparable, but uh, is that the case, or is he just a notch below that? I I think he's on the cusp of being a superstar. Personally, uh, I, you know, I we I've watched him now for what is it? This is his fifth year in the league, I think, and and. Uh, he can he continues to get better every year, and uh, I know Barry Trotz, you know, wanted him to to become this really good two way player, uh, which he continues to work on. It's not natural for him because he's a guy growing up, in my opinion, his whole life just owning the puck and never had to really worry about defense. He just you know was was fortunate enough that that was a big part of his game. But as we all know, when you get to the NHL, um, you know. Uh, you just, you can't dominate in those areas. You want to win a cup, you've got to be good in both ends. And he's remained, I think he's made some real, real good steps in that. And this year, for me, is far and away his best year as far as when you talk about a guy that uh, plays both ends of the rink. And, and his last three, four hockey games, I mean, he's dominated out there. I mean, he, he's you watch him, I know everybody, and I'm not comparing him to Connor McDavid. 
But we, you know, everybody that's in Canada that gets to see him on a regular basis know how he can just take over the game. Well, Barzell's been the same way over, particularly over the last three, or four hockey games. So it, it almost seems like he, he's figured it out. And and I think Toronto fans will get a real treat tonight uh, with the way he plays. I mean, he's just an incredible player. So um, I think if he continues to move in that direction, I think you're going to be start talking about him in the same breath as the superstars in this league. You know, from his uh, contract extension to one of the best contracts in hockey, Ilya Sorokin, uh, goaltender for the, the Islanders, has a, he's on a $4 million deal. He's got another year at that next year. Looks like he could be a, a Vesna contender this year. Um, you know, 27 years old. Tell us about, you know, how the stability he's brought to the Islanders and, and the way that he plays. What sort of style is Sorokin getting it done by? Well, he's, uh, you know, he's not... Uh, the biggest guy in the world. He is at 6'3", but he doesn't look it. Uh, he's, he's a thin kind of guy. He's not like uh, Vasilevsky, who's about 6'5", and is a horse. Yeah. Uh, but this guy has uh, tremendous flexibility, and and he reads the play about as well as anybody. I mean, he, he doesn't have he doesn't overplay any of the shots. He, he's a very smooth-looking goaltender who just has a knack for being able to get into the in front of the puck. And no matter where he is, he just seems to be whether he's uh, if he's a little out of position, he's so quick. But most of the time, he makes the game look uh, look easy. And uh, this this guy is definitely a, a Vesna candidate. Um, and he's going to win it, you know, whether it's this year or the following year, it's, it's just a matter of time. I mean, I, I think the, um, there's probably, I'm my opinion, four goaltenders in the national hockey league or, uh, who are, are, are probably going to be in the running. And one is Shesterkin, and one is Sorokin, and Vasilevsky's the other guy. And the fourth guy, I think, is in Dallas and that's Ottinger. He's a terrific young goaltender. So, um, Sorokin is right in that in that mix, and he, he's been really, really consistent for the Islanders. Uh, he gave up, I think, four or five the other night, but trust me when I tell you, he had no chance on any of those goals. Can he get himself into the way we think of Shesterkin with the Rangers? There's a lot of people will tell you that he's better than Shesterkin right now. And wow. I don't, I don't I don't think that's a is, is a reach. I, I, Shesterkin is a wonderful goalie, don't get me wrong, and uh, he carried the New York Rangers last year, uh, especially early on in the year. And uh, and Sorokin, uh, Sorokin, I think, has won the two battles so far this year in the in the battle of the New York team. So, uh, I you know I I don't think it's a stretch to say he he's every bit as good. And and who turns out to be better? Well, you know, time will tell, I guess. But certainly, uh, he's in the conversation. You know, Butch, when I watch this Islanders team, I think some of the more unsung guys, you know, you know, Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. Um, you know, dead steady for that team and just consistent veteran pro guys. The, the the veteran pro guys get the most love, though, is the fourth line there. Like, I don't think there's a fourth line that's been together as long as they have. Has their play evolved? I keep kind of waiting for them to age out or get worse, but boy, they still uh, seem to be pretty effective to me. Are they? Is their role changed at all? Or are they still keeping on, keeping on there? Uh, their role hasn't changed a bit, and yeah. uh, I, I've, talked, I've talked to all three of those guys a number of occasions, and and uh, they they have played together so long that they don't have to think about what each other is going to do. They know, and I call them uh, old time hockey because uh, you know they want a four check, so they they seldom turn the puck over. They're gonna they're gonna dump it in and they're gonna chase it, and they're gonna hit you. You can they don't pass an opportunity, and when they do get control of the puck. Uh, they'll use their points if they can. If not, they cycle. And they, they have that old, you know, look, if I'm in trouble around the boards, what do I do? I dump it in behind the net, and their their man knows where he's going, and that's their out. 
always are out, like I said. So they, they play a very solid game, and uh, they probably play as much in the offensive zone as anybody uh, uh, on the Islander team. And, they're, you know, um, I think it's unfair to call them the fourth line because uh, uh, yeah. they, the ice time they get is pretty reasonable. and They just don't act like a fourth line. They, they are... They are the engine, really, for the uh, for the Islanders. They pull them into the to the fight, and uh, they just force them to you know to really to, to stay 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 uh, stay involved in the game. One more for me, Butch, and that's uh, Lou Lamorello. It just seemed like maybe uh, with Trotz leaving and the dip in in uh, uh, the competitive juices for uh, for the Islanders being a top team, maybe that was a window that uh, Lou was ready to maybe. Uh, move on but uh his his juices are flowing as much as ever he he loves the game he he you know he just loves everything he does um he loves being around the players he loves the competition loves to uh to win i mean uh I, I I think that uh you know they say you're gonna have to bury someone in their boots well that's He's not going anywhere, and uh, whatever I've had an opportunity to talk to him, I mean, he just, when he's talking hockey, he's smiling. Four-time Stanley Cup winner, Butch Goring. Hey, Butchie, have a great call tonight, and uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Butchie. I made a I'm mistake. Not, I'm not trying I, to. You know, uh, go ahead. I'm not trying to like you know end Lou's <laughs> career by. <any> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not trying to put <laughs> to him out to pasture, but uh, I mentioned Sezikis as the all-time leading hitter. It's obviously Clutterbuck. There's a lot of C's on that fourth line. <laughs> Cal Clutterbuck, not Casey Sezikis. I do find it uh, interesting that that uh, the the whole kind of Barry Trotz, Lou Lamarillo thing kind of ended. Rather quickly for me. You expect a little more runway out of that? Yes. Well, well Trotz thought he was going to get the yeah. lease job, so he thought he'd step aside and wait for that to open up. <laughs> no, but uh, whether it was a difference of philosophy or mm. uh, on ice, off ice, I don't, I don't think they really aligned at the end. And mm. uh, I think it was a, not an easy decision for Barry to leave, but hey. Yeah. Just time to move on. Listen, people get frustrated at Lou. That's just a reality of, you know, Lou is very set in his ways. And there are, you have to be at least 1% flexible. And there are some times where Lou has not been that. I know that the Islanders didn't love last year where the team got smoked by COVID before anyone else. And they were like, okay, let's go to the league and say, he's like, you know, and say we were, we need to sit, sit a couple out. And he was like, no, next man up, next man up. And it was like, uh huh. Now, you know Kyle better than I do. I was kind of surprised to hear you say that uh, Kyle at times can can be that kind of set in his ways kind of guy too. Yeah, I, for sure. He has his... Do you uh, think you have to always be that way if you're a general manager? I do. I don't think you can just roll over it every time someone comes to you with an idea or a different a difference of opinion. No, but you do have to... There's certain people in your organization you have to Listen. empower yeah. and at times trust. Mm-hmm. And I think... I'm not speaking of Kyle, but people in general in that position, they can sometimes overplay that hand and lose people and sometimes lose good people. Totally. And I think early in your career, when you're really eager to be involved and to make a name for yourself, you're more prone to do that than just say, I'm going to hire someone really good or someone that I trust and trust that they can do the job. I could see that. There was a pretty good scout that the Leafs had. Um, you, You would know him, Jim. 
Palfino. Yeah. And I think he was responsible for uh, guys like Mikheyev. All the Euro European or Russian guys, yeah. yeah. Mikheyev, but um, you know, maybe even Mason Marchman too. Mm-hmm. Um and but I th- on a couple occasions when I've covered the draft, you know, people were uh really kind of clear to me that, you know, this guy, he's not a yes man. He's he wants to be Palafito. Yes. Yeah. He, he wants to be heard from and he wants to be respected. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if he isn't, then he's going to move on elsewhere. Yeah. And I, I don't know where he ended up, but he's clearly not with the Leafs well, anymore. Well, you do wonder a little bit, you know, with the way... I also think that when you're the GM, you need to hire your people to some extent, right? You need to hire your people that you trust, but those people not to can't be yes-men. And I know um, Kyle really liked a guy, I think he might be their head of scouting or some capacity, Wes Clark. Yeah. Lou fired him at one point. Soon as Kyle... <laughs> Kyle, he went to Florida. Soon as Kyle got the job back, hired West back, yeah. you know, to have his guy. And he brings Sheldon, his guy, and he's got a lot of his guys with him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what sort of, like, internal relationship there are in terms of pushback. I imagine Brendan is not rolling over for anyone. He must get pushback there. I know Kyle or Sheldon will tell him to stuff it once in a while. You know, doesn't always go that's, over great. But. I do you yeah, and Sam. Yeah, well, that's his work part of working with And I'll, t- I'll still take you to the game <laughs> and you get you to shut up at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, really, if you have told me to stuff it. No, he's been all you too guys, I have, but you haven't heard me. <laughs> all you guys. Usually <laughs> under my lip or to Listen, Justin. <laughs> you guys are all, you guys, just, it's my 10-year anniversary, so maybe I'm emotional, but you guys have just been really nice to me. No, and I And I enjoy my job here with you guys. So it there is. You go. Life's yeah. pretty good. I've, Created a monster, a soft monster. Now. <laughs> I'm gonna change now. Uh, harder, especially if you stop losing focus on this show. Especially Wednesday when Canada oh plays. God, boys, I'm against be Belgium. That's oh, it's only what I've been looking forward to for the last 20 years of my life. Watching Canada play <laughs> soccer, it's fine. No biggie. I don't know how you have time to care about all. Do these we have to sports? Um, I explained to our listeners kids, uh, that there's a few adjustments this week yes. in our show, Sammy. Yeah, okay, some housekeeping. housekeeping. Uh, What's happening Wednesday? Wednesday, we're on for only an hour. So the Raptors show was on from 2 to 3 as normal. We're on from 3 to 4. And then it's, is it kicking the grass there that takes over? Or it's drive time? There's a, there's, a, there's a pod that comes on after us. I think it's drive time that comes over to after To talk us. about the European talk, kick hockey? To talk about... Canada's win over Belgium. They're coming on on the radio after that. And what's well, Canada going to be plus eight eighty or something? They started as plus eight hundred dogs. Oh, it's down to five fifty. Yeah, so it's because all Canadians the books are smashing are money on it. Um, and then on um, sorry, it's a World Cup post the game with uh, Jeff Blair and Dan Reach. Yes, it is a kick in the yes. grass. There you go. I was right. I was right. And okay. Devang Yeah. What time's kickoff? Wednesday. It's at two o'clock. Two p.m. Eastern. Correct. Okay. And then, Kipper and I are going to break down the first half on our show. And Kipper then, used to play. And he then knows. Friday, we are there's no there's no real show because the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing a hockey game at 2 p.m. on Friday on Black Friday in the states against the uh, Minnesota Wild. So then we will be doing a Leafs talk on YouTube only post game. The three of us. All right. Really? Am I in here? No, no, we're doing from home. No, no, no. I'm not coming in for that one. Okay. <laughs> like a 30-minute thing we're doing? <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a quick little post-game show. So there we go. There's okay. the housekeeping. There you go. But I am really excited for Wednesday. Really, really excited. I am too. Alfonso's going to play. We're hoping. He said he's ready. Oh, really? I'm thrilled. <laughs> Just please win. <laughs> please win. First goal, Canada. 
If Canada scores the first goal, I'm doing the show with no time. That's almost a win, right? Yes. No, listen. Shirtless show. Where's Belgium? Canada second wins. highest rank? Yeah, they're the second best team. Oh, my gosh. Oh, nice yeah. start. <laughs> nice start to the tournament. <laughs> but they don't have in. their top score, do they not? Uh, Romelu Lukaku, who is their striker. But he's, to be honest, boys, not to get too in the weeds here, maybe a little bit of Ewing theory. You don't need him. Oh, he yeah, might, he might be a little work. bit better without him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's kind of a – I'm a Chelsea Having a bad for, year. There you go. He, he played for my favorite Chelsea Blues for a long time, and he's kind of a, kind of a stiff. Anyways. How do you have time to have a team in every sport? I don't have kids, pal. I just watch sports. <laughs> Touche. There you go. All right. Nice. Hockey? Yeah. And he gets to go to a hockey game tonight. We got uh, a couple leafier things, and then we got yeah. a couple leafy things. Where do you want to go? We got Should a few, we stick uh, leafy first? Or? Uh, yeah, let's go, let's go to a few more clips, you said. Okay. Yeah, let's just get an injury update so we know what the boys are watching tonight from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Samsonov, uh, I think we're expecting to see back on the ice tomorrow. He seems like he's taking a step uh, positively, but they did keep him off the ice again today. Uh, so he's going to come on the road and travel with us. Well, if, at this point anyway, I think that's more so just to stay in the rhythm with our group and continue to work with Curtis. Uh, I'm not expecting him to be available for us this week. Uh, Brody is um, not progressing as quickly as they'd like, and he won't travel with us. And as quickly as they would like is ready immediately. And he is not ready. These obliques, like, man, they're tough. And really good opportunity again for Shalgren to take his status to another level with just a solid 60 minutes tonight. I don't think he has to be spectacular, but if he can hold his own again, then it's going to get people to kind of talk about him a little bit more. If he gets like, let's say he plays 20 games this year, which he's already got seven in, it's November 20th or whatever. If he gets to 20 and he's a 9.05, he might get a one-way contract somewhere else next year. He's creeping towards the Mendoza line here. He's 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 8.93 yeah. now, 2.86. Yeah. Like, it's a lot better than it was last year with these numbers. Yeah. He could find a way. Only an 8.93. Seems like he's been better but, than that. Well, he was Two goals on six shots could bury him, too. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> well, here's the thing about us going to the game tonight. We're seeing all Shalgren. He could let in eight goals tonight. They're not putting Murray in that. I see your point. We're seeing a lot of Shalgren, regardless of what happens. That's a tough spot about being a backup goalie who's not a real backup, but like an American League guy. They're like, he's just going to eat this tonight. If it goes south, tough bounce. Good luck, yeah, kid. Yeah, that kind of pisses me off a little bit. If he's If the boys are going and he's... A little soft on the first two or three, uh, you're, you're mailing the game in. Well, see, there's a good point to be made about would you do like, it for the team if the team needs it versus yeah. you're losing 5-1 going into the what third period. I, Why if, are you going to change goalies? If, if I still got a chance to win this game, I just got to get my, my goalie who's not ready tonight out. Well, well, let me. what did Matt Murray pull again? His groin? You want to throw him in cold? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's. You want to listen to the coach talk about the decision to start? Sean sure, let's do it. Yeah, nothing to do with Shalgren as much as it is to do with Murray. You know, I mean, today would have been four games in six days for him. And, uh, you know, that's a lot to ask um, for any goalie. Um, never mind a guy coming off of uh, injury reserve whose season essentially is just beginning. So uh, that's really all that it is. And uh, at the same time, Shalgren's done a good job for us. The team's played well when he's been in there. So no, no hesitance that way. And... And Murray was able to get some some work in today after a, a full day off yesterday, and he'll go in New Jersey. I think it's really hilarious to be like if you're Shalgren, like pretend you're interested in me a little bit. 
And you're just like, this is, this is not about him at all. We're just no, worried about memory. could put in a tutor shooter. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this is not about the tutor shooter or uh, Shalgren. It's no. about Matt Murray. And we heard that with Robertson. It's not about Robertson. It's about the other guys. And we just waiting on the other guys so to you can, stink. You can go back-to-back nights, 25, 27 minutes for Mitch Marner. But, you know, you don't want to put uh, the delicate fragile goalies in i do think we're at a point with murray where he's played a few games and okay play him now did you see him get clipped a little bit yeah, by tage one. yeah no was, was it tage or tuck i don't know i can't it was remember. one of the two but they I think skated it was tage by. yeah they skated by and they kind of yeah up and he skate. was slow to oh, get up I, I, oh i saw it Kim. <laughs> <laughs> you know there are just some guys like george springer reminds me of that the jays where you see them get like a small tweak and you're like oh well <laughs> see you in six weeks the leafs I've had the two worst experiences for goaltending through 20 games or how many games they've played so far this year of every shot you think's going in with Shalgren and yeah. every shot you think the goal is going to get hurt with Murray. It's not a great way to live. Can't win. Can't win. Um, before the show goes off the air, I just want to wish my mom a happy birthday because that's something I know she is a show listener often. Oh, n- nice. And, uh, I, I, was gonna, I don't want to forget, so I just want to get that in there. Happy birthday happy to my birthday. lovely mother. Mom. That's sweet. Thank Very you. Very sweet. Um, speaking of sweet, there was a nice parental moment in Pittsburgh this past week. Uh, Malkin had his 1,000th game, and his son read the the lineup. Did you guys happen to yeah. see that video online? Adorable. His son reads out the starting lineup and then goes over and gives his son a hug. Malkin's crying in the dressing room. Not nice to see the human side of Olaf Genny. I really wish we had it. I had known about that. We would have got the clip. We could have played it. And the audio was not. Oh, no? No. Oh, okay. You could have played the video. I don't know if that would have helped us. <laughs> is there anything that doesn't get clipped or sent out? Is there anything just for people in the room anymore? It's a great question. Everything has to be sold out every moment. Yeah. Did, did you watch... Uh, there's there's a clip of the Bills trying to get to Detroit. Yeah, and you hear like the operations yes. guy like yeah. arranging it all. And driving yeah. and like taping it and it's like... Could you just have a story for yourselves? <laughs> what was that movie, Truman? Yeah, the Truman Show, yeah. Where everything's on video, your whole life's on video. He's trying to hide, he figures it out and he's like trying to ditch a camera and it's like... Everything's a sales job. Everything's about I, grabbing the emotional hook out of everyone. I'm sick of it, to be honest pl- with you. If you play for the Good Buffalo take. Bills, I, I will Enough. agree. I'll agree somewhat. But the videos of the Buffalo Bills players Who taking was- videos of them getting dug out by Bills Mafia is badass. I'm sorry. That's sick. That, that was snowmageddon. Like, absolute disaster. I know. That's a nice video. I get but I it. will agree. I, I, I get it. But, like, everything is now I was, well, everything. Also, there's a distinction between what you're talking about, which is, you know, Bill's Nation digging out uh, cars and a video feed of the you know, the, the football operations guy worrying about transportation. So, you know. Who is the young player that got called into an office yeah. And he started crying. I know. He, they told him he made the NHL. Yeah, who this was that? Year. Come on, Sam. No idea. Anyways. Oh, man. Is it Anaheim's? I don't want to see that. I felt the exact same. I don't want to see. The kid had this moment a guy and like, cry. But it also wasn't like he had an embarrassing cry or anything. It was like it was a big moment. He was told he gets to stay. Share it amongst like, yourselves. I, I agree. Dang. It was like. If I were that player and I had that moment where I'm told I make it, I get emotional, I have a tear, I don't need everyone seeing that. I'll tell you what I want to see. If you're going to show me that, 
I want to see you call in a guy and tell him, you sucked, okay? <laughs> you were the worst friggin' player in training camp, and you don't even deserve to be in my office right now. <laughs> Because we know those conversations still happen. Yeah. Let's videotape that and put it out there too. So we, at least we have a balance. <laughs> the PR, you're concerned about the PR balance? <laughs> yeah. I, and listen, no shame in having a tear, but, you know, it is a pretty vicious, competitive, right. intimidation-based sport it, out there. If it doesn't go well, do you... Apparently it was Cody Glass if, if that the video was about. Cody Glass, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. to yeah. Uh, Warrior Womp thank you. on the YouTube like, channel. What do you that. do if you're, like, taping it? You go, hey, Cody, let's try that again. Take two. And just let's have a little bit more, like, yeah. emotion. Think of a funeral you've been to. <laughs> Get into the moment. Think about Drop the time, a tear. you know, you're... you're you lost your dog. <laughs> Let's try it again. And uh, Cody Glass, scene. take two. All right. Um, yeah, but I'm the type of guy that eats that stuff up. Like, I saw that video. Oh, and this my is a, God. This is a perfect example of it. The Leafs put out, what's it called, the Leaf or whatever. They have, like, a legitimately, like, state propaganda video that they put yeah, out the after bl- all the, the big Leafs games. Yeah, it's like the, the blueprint or whatever. And last, the last one they had, Matt Murray giving the cheesy belt to David Camp. And he's like, you know, it's a great shot block on the penalty, on the power, or so the, was it the shorthanded goal, rah, 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 rah. And everybody, and he's like, let's go have some cocktails. Or, I like that guy's stuff. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I but do too. It's made for you. Bingo. I'm, you it know, is, it's made for you. Here's the thing, though. Like, I guess I, it's made for you because you I like it too. You, you'll, you'll, you'll lap it all up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? I'm just a lap dog. That's, <laughs> Drinking it up. Like some kibble. You got to go back and you blame everything on those early HBOs where they started following everybody around. Well, the first ones, the Road to the Winter Classics, were unbelievable. And I used to write an article based off everyone. Every episode, you were a critic now? Yeah, for uh, Puck Daddy on Yahoo. And I would pause it whenever there was a whiteboard and I could get a screen of what the coach had behind him. And I'd write about the money on the board or whatever the play they had drawn up was. I was picking through that with a fine. It was great. And then Babs ruined it. Well, Babs didn't let them in. Or... Yeah, they were supposed to have like yeah. unlimited access to the room or whatever. Was it the Leafs one that he was on? There was one that, or maybe it was the Red no, Wings one. Yeah, it was Wings, yeah. Leafs. And he had, they were, they had a particularly bad game and they were supposed to have access to the room at all. And then you can hear like his audio being like, get them out of here, no chance. Like he was, kicked them out, so... Not, not a guy like, with a big ego to do that. At the end of the day, and, like, it was cut. There's so much cut out of the Leafs' last one with All or Nothing that they had absolutely the last look. They decided what went out, what they didn't. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was a positive experience for them? Or no, we, still no. We've been talking or, about it for or, two years. Or, <laughs> or, you know, somehow, some way, when this thing's all said and done and it's over for Kyle and, and Sheldon and Brendan, that we're going to look back and we're going to probably pick apart that more than ever. <laughs> yeah. Boys, I got to tell you, I never watched the last episode of that. Was that of the all, one where they actually, of, literally literally actually got eliminated? Was, yeah, I never, got, never did it. I don't, I'm sure I did. I must have. Yeah. Why? Because it's too painful? 100%. Couldn't do it. Uh, it's, like, it's like watching video of his ex dumping him in yeah, high school again or something. You know what we're going to do? We're uh-huh. going gonna to videotape you watching the last episode, and you're going to cry like Cody Glass. <laughs> and we're going to put it out there, and people are going to eat it up. Didn't the Leafs get like 10 mil for that or something, though? Didn't Amazon pay like oh, a whopping sum? Sure. 
I will say I am a huge fan of watching those sort of shows like Sunderland Till I Die. I think it's on Netflix. Unbelievable. But I tried to watch the other All or Nothings on Juve and some of that. Hey, two two state-sponsored propaganda. You can't let the team have the final Oh, cut. and then, like, the trainers are carrying, like, a, uh, uh, a cooler of, like, Gatorade or Pepsi or something just, like, right in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you're like... Yeah, okay, this is sure reality TV. <laughs> the Sunderland Till I Die one was amazing because they did it because they thought they were going to come back up to the Premier League. Yeah. And they stunk so bad they Certainly went back down didn't. the other way, yeah. which was very good. It was, it was totally very compelling. Yeah. It was like Wrexham in reverse. Although yeah. Maybe that hasn't been – they didn't go up, I don't think. I don't know if you haven't seen yet. Go watch it. All right, what else have we got? We got uh, – you want to talk about Ottawa, dead last in the Eastern Conference. That's on that the uh, – Bruins never hey, lose. Bruins can't stop – They've won six in a row again. Can't now. stop losing or can't, can't stop, stop winning. winning. Won't stop winning. There's a so can are we at the point now where like we're shocked if they don't win the Atlantic? Yeah. Are and you it, there? And it's shaping up for the Leafs to play the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. <laughs> um yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, my God. You're starting that already? On well, you're 60 at, games out. Well, you're looking at the standings. Leaves November Bolts. 21st. Bolts are rolling again. We, we've got the matchups in the first round, we November do. 21st. Well, thanks to Gary, we yeah. know the stupid matchups every stupid year the same thing. You know who's awesome? Alex Kalorn, speaking of Tampa Bay. God. Good player. I hate the way they do the playoffs. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think in their championships that Kalorn or Palat ever really got the credit they deserved. No, they're a big part of being, like, third-line valuable guys. Oh. I think Kaloran has, like, I don't know, almost a point per game this year. Just another guy. He didn't score for them in playoffs at all last year, I don't think. But anyway, um, so Canada has, it's, like, really Canadianized version of the Onion, right, called the Beaverton. Is that what it is? Have you mm-hmm. heard of that before? One of the headlines in there is, no one says we'd be good this year, claims Sens fan who spent all summer saying team would be good this year. Which is <laughs> <laughs> an amazing headline because it's so true. Uh, shout out to a friend of mine, Chris Jetty, who, you know, we were talking about the, he's a Sens guy, talking about the Sens this summer. And like, you know, in the summer, there was some real belief that this team could compete for a playoff spot that, you know, uh, Giroux and Debrinket, they already had the young guys and they're going to take this step. And, you know, right, they got a goalie. Now they're on the uh, Ryan Reynolds uh like, so is Ryan... Do you get them discounted now? Is he interviewing billionaires or are billionaires interviewing oh, they're, him? They're, they're all like, it's like that dating show. They all want Reynolds to pick them. They want him in. That's free PR. Okay. Like Throw it, your, whatever, $100 million Do you know a lot of billionaires? <laughs> no. Do you? A couple. <laughs> We're going to dinner with one tonight. They don't care. Oh. Really? About fame? Yeah. You know I, I why? Cannot... They, you know why? Most of them think their money is a substitute and it makes them more important. Why? Like, they're probably jealous. Somebody mentioned to me, why would you like be fighting to get Ryan Reynolds? Why don't you just do what you do with other people of his status? You hire them. Yeah. <laughs> you just stroke a check. Be like, hey, go wanna, be like Drake for us. Want to come and be for a, a weekend and be your uh, global yeah, ambassador? Exactly, and hang out with uh, what's that guy's name? The, the mascot there in Ottawa. I'm looking right at him. I don't have a clue. Uh, Spartacus. Spartacus. <laughs> I don't Sound know. right? <laughs> you who? If, no. I don't know. I know, oh, one, I know one. I know one mascot, and it's the goat, Carlton. Oh, my you know God. Gritty. Oh, a gritty crap. I do know gritty, too. Kraken got booed. He's actually just, a true goat. Just pay him like you do the mascot. Ryan Reynolds is like, really? You're going to pay me? Like, I got... 
$200 million in the bank. Yeah, bud. poor. We still don't know if he's worthy. I've yet. decided he's got $200 million. That's my own decision. All right. We're off to the Scotiabank Arena. Me and my boys. Let's my go team. Highlanders. Sorry, what? Yeah. I'm, uh, anything for dinner tonight? Anything on the, uh, like any allergies or anything? Red meat, buddy. So that's what I'm after. Our thanks to Butch Goring. Gord Stellick. Enjoy the game, everybody. We will, and we're going to be back here tomorrow to tell you all about it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Real Kipper and Bourne.